0: There's no shortage of people entering the beer industry as it is under the current tax re- regime. And if you suddenly change the tax, that and this is where the power of the lever comes in, it will you know, draw people in thinking there's even more money to be made. And so you'll actually harm a lot of breweries if that suddenly makes people think that it's an even better industry to be in.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so you'll have so many ill-thought-out people, or people, as he says, coming in for the wrong reason. Yeah. Because um, they've
1: got, they think they can get higher margins out of they, it. They can make a quick buck, effectively. That's the and hilarious. That can
0: force the price down mm. because of the increased competition. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Crime Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Crime Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this and this is Brews News Week. Hopefully, our good friends at Cry will be understanding that they're only getting two thirds of their value this week. Um, <laughs> as you can tell from the outset, uh, Pete is not joining us. A few troubles uh, with the internet. Um, the this NBN technological difficulty. Break in the string. His can doesn't quite reach. Um, <laughs> so, uh, good morning, Claire. Good
1: morning, there Matt.
0: Uh, how's your week been? It's been a big week it's of news. There's been a lot on.
1: Big, busy, very busy. Yep. Um, lots of stuff going on. Some interesting stuff from New Zealand this week. Um, and a few events and things happening. So yeah, it's been good.
0: It. Uh, it's been a great week. Um, and where have
1: you been, sir?
0: Oh, lightning trip to Perth, and, and it was like you know, like you can fly to Sydney in a day mm. and just go meetings back, all good. You know, mm. lose three yeah, yeah. three and a half hours of travel time. Mm-hmm. Perth, you know, like it's five hours in 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 the plane, mm-hmm. but then you've also got that two hour time difference. It um, knocks it
1: out of you, doesn't it? it, it does it's only totally yeah. small, but well, I'm an early accepted. riser,
0: um, and so you get there and you you wake your body's waking you up at three mm-hmm. thirty, not five thirty Brisbane time. Um, oh, and sure. you know, I'd, I'd gotten four hours work in, um, because I couldn't get back to sleep. And then suddenly you've got a day, and then <laughs> you've got the you know, catch ups after work, so suddenly you know, your body's telling you, um, it's enough. So, yeah, anyway, you but I should it was have great. been sleep five hours ago. <laughs> really, really good um trip over there. Need to spend more time, and we'll be over there for uh, Western Australia Beer Week. Um, and when's that? Do you remember June? June. So it'll be June, and uh, yeah, we're going to organise to have a catch up. So thank you to Rob Stewart. Um, I was going to say John Stewart, but he's the American. <laughs> um, uh, Rob uh, Stewart for asking about that, um, and we absolutely will do a WA, uh, you know, catch up when when we're over there. But no, um, good chat. Um, two really really good conversations out of it. Uh, one's already running, uh, John Stallwood. Um, so if you haven't heard from it, uh, listen to it. it it's. It's a different chat to a lot of them. Um, As you'll hear, uh, you know, John's had a really long and very interesting career in in, in the craft beer industry and has a very unique perspective from it. He's one of the founders of the the, the modern craft beer movement, you know, post, uh, he actually set up his brewery pre-Little Creatures, which is, regular listeners will know, that's where I sort of set the, you know, the... B-C-A-D um, or, you know, B-C-E, um, yeah, C-E, yeah. um for, for, for modern craft beer. Um, and, you know, has had a really tough run of it and had a really interesting run. But, gee, he makes good beer. Um, it was nice to have a beer. Um, it was a late in the afternoon interview <laughs> and sitting there having some of his beers and they were just delightful. Um, oh, so, yeah, it was nice to friend. get over there. Um, yeah. Definitely. Really interesting. A couple of the venues that I went into to see... We hear so much about the breweries in WA, but to see how many venues had international beers on. I didn't see a oh. lot from the East Coast, um, which was funny. That's
1: really interesting. Um,
0: because remember when the... Actually, we might park this for... We put it below, below the, the fold? we we'll and so we'll come back to that because we want to keep this uh, nice okay. and snappy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, great trip to WA and uh, listen for more of Matt's postcards from the West uh, in Below the Fault. Um, but as we go on, Claire, headlines, um, Colonial disappointed after the sponsor deal loss.
1: Yeah, so this one was a sad one, actually. We spotted, um, I believe it might have even been an eagle-eyed Radio Bruce News Facebook page Um Contributor, yes. Um, and it was at the end of last week that the AFL side Essendon uh, they announced that uh, they'd partnered with CUB. So we were like, "Well, I'm pretty sure Colonial were previously partnered with them, not exclusively. I believe. I believe they uh, that CUB still had some porridge rights there, um, but Colonial had taken over a lot of it um, in 2017. And actually, uh, now they've decided that at the end of their Colonial deal, that they weren't going to renew that and that they were going to um, sign back on with CB as the official sponsors. And it was a really sad one, actually. And you could tell that I spoke to Jenna Godley, who's just fantastic um, at Colonial. She's always provides amazing insights um, and fair play to her. She's so transparent. Like, it's not something you want to... It's not a nice thing to discuss um, when something doesn't quite go the way you wanted it, Um, but she was very happy to do so and open up and and provide some really, really interesting advice for brewers about how to deal with sponsorships, what to expect, Um, and she was still really positive about it. She said, despite that, you know, obviously we're disappointed, but we were really grateful to have been involved in that. It was a major deal when it happened in 2017. Um, I believe they were the first independent brewer.
0: In the the AFL, In the AFL, yeah, not in in, in the Premier League. But yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, So it was a really big deal when it happened. um, But I think the sort of the feeling I got was that because of COVID and lots of uncertainty, lots of um, impact in the sporting world, uh, you know, they kind of were wanting the money and, you know, while Colonial have the great brown clout and great beer and all that kind of stuff, they might not necessarily have the funds that CEP do. And
0: that's the, because go back and listen to the chat with Jenna where she talks about it, because it was all about building community and relationships. Really, really good advice. Um, have you seen the movie Moneyball? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, oh, of course you book. love
1: Moneyball. <laughs>
0: I, well, uh, yeah. I'd, that's right. I, I, I won't blow the fold this, but, um, you know, it would it was interesting you know just like if you're playing in the a leagues you turn up one day and suddenly you know the, the coach comes in and says you cut you're out you know I, I don't care that you've you're 37 and you're three games away from um, you know getting your your pension bam you're out this is the Premier League it's business yeah um, and that is the mindset that you, you need to adopt if you are going to play in the a leagues in the premier Leagues Um it's it, it's business. Mm-hmm. It's it's not you know just yeah. feel good. You know
1: that's it. And I think like we because the brewing industry tends to not always, but tends to be quite friendly, and people do things because they think it's the right thing on to the do surface. Or on the surface, <laughs> yeah. um, and partnerships happen because um, of more sort of personal ties. I'd say well, sometimes, but, that's but not r- anymore. But
0: well, and that's mm. the, the thing. You know, it, it, the narrative for craft beer has always been. You know, it's us against the world. We're small. We're battling the big guys. But twenty years on, craft beer has actually grown, and you do have businesses that are celebrating. Um, you know, stadium sponsorships. You know, craft businesses that are stadium sponsorships that are A, A- level football. Um, or, you know, or, or whatever. Um, you've got craft brewers that are engaging in tap contracts, mm-hmm. um, acknowledging that it's. A business, you know, that the emphasis has mm-hmm. shifted from the craft brewing business to the craft brewing business, mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing. But you know, as I said in a comment um, during the week, you know, sometimes when you're doing that, the narrative is changed because there's a lot of people who are doing that that still want to talk about, you know, weird these little battlers doing yes, the doing it. the thing, <laughs> and it's and, and it's all about the quality of the beer. Yeah. And you're going
1: well. Is it now? It, is
0: it? It's important. It is. But is it, you know, w- 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 which was Everything a craft being area when we started. Yeah, yeah. so sad that's news um, and, you know, yeah, very, very um, sad news, but mm-hmm. a very, very interesting uh, yeah. d- discussion that shows the maturity of the industry.
1: That's it. Do you want to take this one, Matt? You you did this one, um, the BrewDog one. I, I, should do, I, I don't do even know.
0: Did I, I did write something. Uh, I, actually, did. I, did. <laughs> I, did. I did. I didn't. Well, <laughs> that was on Friday. Yeah. No, no, I was trying day. to think because it, it, we, we get a media release in and we decide mm. whether or not we post a media release or whether we add context and clarification mm-hmm. uh, around it. And um, So BrewDog outlines ANZ expansion plans. Scottish-born brewery and hospitality business BrewDog has released its two-year blueprint For growth across Australia and New Zealand, the 14-page document designed to support its current crowdsourced funding campaign expands on already announced plans for the region. BrewDog's plans include launching four venues in two years with the first plan for Brisbane and Sydney. It hopes to secure locations for two more in 2023. Shortlisted locations for additional venues include Melbourne, Auckland, Perth, Newcastle and the Gold Coast. Um, How
1: new was all that? I feel like in the back of my mind we all sort of knew that. Well, we did. See,
0: this is funny because we spoke to Ed, mm. um, and you know, it, it, there was part of me that when I got the media, list, I go, like, "Well, this is new." But mm. it, if you're a listener to Brews News, it wasn't like it wasn't exclusive, yeah, you know, months yeah. ago oh, because it's exciting. Yeah. Um, but he, during the course of the podcast, he did talk about, um, you know, it would have created an artificial situation if I'd spoken to him three or four weeks ago. We mm. went um, recently um, that we were talking about Brewdog and the equity crowdfunding without talking about some of these things Mm -hmm. that they were obviously planning. and But at the same time, it wasn't an exclusive announcement Mm -hmm. to us. So we didn't make a big thing about it. So it wasn't news to us, Mm. but I didn't want to, you know...
1: Let it fall, by the way. Well, you did want to take
0: points off them by going, well, this is already out there. But Mm. balancing that with when you look at what was in it. um, I remember it was two or three years ago, they released another blueprint that was much more expansive that was a genuine international Mm -hmm. plan for the for the business that was designed to generate hype and reinforce their um then equity crowdfunding and this did smack a little bit of that um Mm. you know it was making an announcement of something that sounded like we're telling you our two-year expansion plans Mm -hmm. you well
1: not really. We knew you were going to grab yeah. bars. Yeah, yeah, You haven't
0: actually signed a lease on where the Sydney and Brisbane one. We knew there was going to be a doghouse hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know.
1: Have you ever stayed in one of those hotels?
0: Well, I have only got the one in Columbus, so no, I haven't been. Oh, is there. that the only one they will? Um, yeah, they oh. it's a and it look, it's a hotel that allows dogs and has okay. um, beer fridges in the shower. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's one of those things. We were not You, you can completely. We'll be honest. There's some interesting stuff in there. If you're interested, um, it's designed to support the equity crowdfunding mm-hmm. um, um, and create awareness around the equity crowdfunding. Um, which, as, as I said, it's you know I, I think flagging is a is a reasonably fair word because there mm-hmm. are so many people who in the comments talk about. Love the beer, and they're making some great beer. The beer's coming out of Brisbane, um, very, very good. You know, they're putting in a pasteurize. they're really committed. You, you can't take anything away from what the business is doing. But again, like the Queensland government, um, Cameron Dick shared this on his Facebook page, talked about the investment, and you go, "Well, yeah, they're building a hotel here, but then they've also announced plans for all of these bars around Australia that you've leveraged." You know, is it that good for Queensland? You mm-hmm. know. What have you done for us lately <laughs> is, is still resonating across mm-hmm. um, Queensland Brewers' ears. When, yeah. you know, if, if you look at probably... Uh, no, I think it's a, a, a potentially a fair measure. Queensland Government investment in Brewdog cash, 800000 Australians investing in Brewdog... Six hundred and seventy thousand. Mm. Um, you know, so when you
1: put them two next to each other. The,
0: the Queensland government yeah. still sees more dollar value in BrewDog mm. than people that are investing in BrewDog, um, which is why. So yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see. But yeah, so yep. look, yeah, good luck to them again. Great venue. I, I will certainly spend a night um, in in the uh, doghouse, in Brisbane. Um,
1: you spend a night in the doghouse, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll,
0: in fact, that's where Pete can stay when he's up, so he can have a shower <laughs> beer.
1: Um, and that's what happens when he doesn't come on the podcast. He gets a night in the out. <laughs> it's more of a reward, really. Um, okay, moving swiftly on. Um, Alcohol Beverages Australia is planning to drive jobs growth um, with a new 10-year plan. I believe it's called Vision Thirty 2033? Twenty 2030. 2030. 20, 2030, 20, I think. 2030. Yeah. <laughs> They basically, and I thought this was an interesting one as well because they brought in Deloitte, big dog in the accounting scene, multinational, to do this study. And there's some really interesting stuff in there. Um, Loads of stuff about wanting to reduce red tape. So they haven't gone all out and said, "Just get rid of excise rises," you know, stop it, blah blah blah, like the BA usually do. Um, I think they're trying to work with the government to. This is yeah. "Here's, Here's an option for you, type thing. Trying to
0: get your head around, so you've got the Brewers Association, which mm. is you know the, the the big brewers, and then those same businesses are in the Australian Beverages Association, mm. which also has distillers and things like that, and the winemakers. Crazy. So it's an it, it because on one hand brewers, you know, um, the Brewers Association can target the you know different wine excise scheme. You know, versus beer, and you mm-hmm. know, I can talk about freeze, you know, yeah, beer yeah. excise, and you know, the, more of
1: the niche things. that, oh, are specific that is specific to, to, specific to them. Mm-hmm.
0: But then you've also got the you know alcohol beverages. It looks more globally, and so it can advocate, presumably independently, as an association for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was where it was interesting because you know the ATO to review remittance timeframes for alcohol taxes because you know, that's a big thing that affects craft brewers as well. So, yeah. you know, th- this is an association that seems to be doing some heavy lifting that will benefit
1: everybody. everybody. In the, yeah, yeah, exactly, which is a really interesting one. And uh, I do like to keep an eye on the wider alcohol beverages people, you know, like Retail Australia and stuff, because they do impact what we do. You know, this we can be hyper-local, we can be state, we can be national. Um, and I think it's important to keep an eye and see what their agendas are as much and see how much they align with... That of beer versus distillers or whoever. Um, so yeah, good on
0: them. And tax is mm. one of the most powerful levers that government can pull to shape um, drinking behaviour. And I'll put this out as an unshaped thought now mm-hmm. because um, uh, the Bivana podcast, uh, which is Jeff Oldworth um, in Portland, they've apparently had a massive increase in their taxes, so he's um, and he does a podcast with an economist, and they were talking about taxes from a very, you know, from a historical point of view. Um, but it was interesting to hear them talking about it, and I mm-hmm. wanted to, let's say, look. If you want to look at the power of taxes, look at the Australian, um, you know, experience because we do have high alcohol taxes, and people still drink, but it very much shapes where the money goes. And there was a study that came out that I've saved um, for us to to look at. I I on the plane on the way back, mm-hmm. looking at the way that the RTD tax about fifteen years ago, very drastically shaped, you know, youth drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Australia has one of the most well developed mid-strength beer markets in the world because of the tax breaks. You know, for, for the, the volumetric um, tax rates that we have, mm-hmm. you're punished if you make a six percent beer, mm-hmm. rewarded if you make a three percent beer um, or more, and that has played into a huge cultural shift. Um, so yeah, so it, it it it's it's very very interesting um, to, to to see that they're advocating in that way rather than just doing the, you know, we want excise relief um, as, yeah, as brewers. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that's I always see that one wheeled out. And obviously, it would be nice. Um, but the fact is, they've never done it. Well, <laughs> they've never done it. So why do you keep asking? This is why come at it from a different approach, surely.
0: But. And it, 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 it's, it's something that we've dealt with on the podcast quite a bit. It's very hard to capture in the printed article, which is why this podcast is what it is. Um, but the easiest thing in the world um, to do is go do a story saying, exercise relief for craft brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see every beer media sort yep. of talking about it. And then you'll have guys like um, Richard uh, from uh, Ben Spoke. Mm. Say, well, look, I don't know that's as simple as that. Uh-oh. Because if you suddenly, you know, there is already a perception that there's no shortage of people entering the beer industry as it is under the current tax regime. And if you suddenly change the tax, that, and this is where the power of the lever comes in, it will, you know, Draw people in thinking there is even more money to be made, and so mm-hmm. you'll actually harm a lot of breweries if that suddenly makes people think that it's an even better industry to be in. Yeah. Um, so you'll have so many ill-thought-out people, or people, as he says, coming in for the wrong reason. Yeah. Because um, they've
1: got they think they can get higher margins out of they, it. They can make a quick buck, effectively. That's and hilarious. that
0: can <laughs> force the price down mm. because of the increased competition. Um, and the, the argument around tax, you know, and the law of unintended con- consequences are so broad. That taking the the, the highly populist um, campaign for lower excise can actually be very counterproductive. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So and, and when you represent distilled spirits, wine and beer, your you, your approach is going to be a lot more um, mm-hmm. different. So anyway, um, we we don't as I said we don't want to b- below the fold this, but it's an interesting <laughs> thing, um, and that we might follow up uh, a little bit more.
1: Next one, I was actually hoping Pete would be here for this one. Um, the, uh, I've Bra- not Brahini Brothers? It yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, what <well>, we didn't. <laughs> and I can't pronounce it. We, we, I think it's Brahini, um, <laughs> it Brahini? Brothers.
0: Yeah, very. Um, again, we'll save this, we'll pack this for Pete to report back. Oh, yeah, good, Next week. Um, Brahini Brothers, um, it's a, I think, a fifth generation descendant of a family who were just, if you name an important brewery, they seem to have been involved in it. Um, Brett <laughs> literally Stubbs. Literally all of them. I was going to say yeah. Brett
1: Stubbs did that great article, of, like the history of them. And there were Brahini Brothers in. All Brandy. the that's breweries. I think that's probably how we'll Is pronounce that it. We'll Br-Honey. Go Br-Honey. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and they started. You know, I, I think they are involved in some of the breweries that went on to become Carlton United Breweries. They were involved in the early foundations of what became Castleman Perkins, from memory. Um, and it was just uh, this itinerant band of brothers who brewed and started beer, you know, breweries and failed, or worked for breweries and got them running. They s- seemed like they were incredibly good brewers and not very good businessmen. Um, <laughs> and it was also the time um, and um, Current generation who happens to work in marketing, um, mm. as you probably expect, uh, you know, has brought this name, you know, and is brewing with the guys at um, Burnley. Burnley, mm. um, who seem to be collaborating partners with a, a lot of interesting um, yeah. startups. Local is is, is one exactly. Um,
1: and Pete went to their um, opening, so relaunched. I'd love to hear. about Yeah, the I want to hear. I want to hear because I reckon he. I think he said it was pretty good. I mean, he said it was good, and it, yeah. it's
0: one just because again. Our approach is not every brewery. You know, there there is a certain subjectivity in in, in our coverage because we want to uncover what we, we we want to cover what matters and filter through the noise. And mm. there are so many breweries, and it's you know we, we're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're going to be unfair to some very passionate, sincere people sometimes. But if you're just starting a contract brand because you you and a couple of mates had an idea over a couple of beers about what would be a good brand. That doesn't, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that
1: story has been told. A that few story times has been told. It,
0: ad, <laughs> It's not news. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm not convinced what it adds to the vibrancy of the marketplace just because a couple of mates had an idea and decided to contract broad beer. Um, and it borders on advertising. Um, you know, uh, that we're not here to sort of give you free advertising. We can't afford it. We're a small team as it is. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, and that's why when I got the media release, I flicked it to Brett Stubbs, and said, mm. "Mate, look, you know, you've written about this, you know."
1: What's the verdict? Yeah. And and he
0: is like even harder on these things than I am. He goes, uh. no, they, "These guys are the real deal." And oh. I'm going, "Well, it, it, direct it in the blood, direct descendants yeah. in, yes. in in yeah, terms of are, that. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's still a contract." Um, brewing, but it has an interesting hook back to the history. We'll yeah. see. We'll
1: see where they go as well. We'll see where it goes, and
0: we'll see. give uh, a pitch report from
1: Pete. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that, Pete. Um, now, this one was another one. At, just at the end of last week at the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show. They had that really interesting new award for Best New Craft Brewer. and Not young. Not young, just new. Yeah, I want to reinforce <laughs> that because it's so easy <laughs>
0: to go back. Because you know, what, what does a new
1: <laughs> yeah, craft brewer yeah. mean? But it's... And they emerging they stipulations, brewer, um, didn't they? Like you had to be in it for...
0: Had to be less than three. You had to be brewing for less than three years, yep. but it wasn't like under 25 because yep. we work in an industry where so many people are coming to the industry after a string of other careers mm-hmm. and you want to reward and recognise you know a 40-year-old who's been brewing for two and a half years mm-hmm. as much as a 21-year-old who's oh, yeah, been brewing for absolutely. two and a half years.
1: So Rowan Haling from Burley Brewing. He was the winner of that said award and it was just a really interesting one. I wanted to find out a little bit more about Roan and his journey and a little bit more about Burley because obviously part of the uh, award was that they got a 12-month contract with Treasury Brisbane, which is a big casino hotel up here. Um, which is amazing what a great like obviously it's nice to have an award and we've spoken about it on the Mm. podcast before but what is nicer is to get a contract out of it and to make an actual business deal um, based on winning that award Um, so I spoke to Peter Fielding lovely woman so on the ball um go back and and we, listen like yeah, it, 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 I put it I put yeah. it in the thing I put it in the thing because I was like this is a really good one I have to make sure people get to listen to it if they read this um but she said some really interesting things about recruitment strategies uh Rowan he worked on the packaging like straight out of high school I think and then he was like oh I'll give that a go you know Bruin looks nice he was an assistant for a year or two and then moved up to brewing and he had glowing reviews from all the brewers above him who themselves were trained or had science backgrounds or things like that when he obviously didn't. Mm. Um, And she said that part of what made Burley such a success was the diversity of backgrounds in the brewing team um, and to the point where they'd actually managed to attract some major... Um, some brewers from major brew, uh, brewing companies, which is awesome, which mm. is so cool. Um, and says a lot about the craft industry. She made the point that, you know, if if we're the craft industry, the independent industry, whatever you want to call it, is seen as a viable career choice by someone who could have comfortably sat in Lion or sat under a CUB brand or whatever for the rest of their lives. And they've taken a chance and gone to a brewery like Burley. Why the hell not? That's amazing.
0: And... That's, you know, it, it, I, I think I communicated this during the, the, the podcast with Peter and Brennan, is that it's, it's one of my mere culpers, you know, like, actually it, that's probably a bit unfair, it's one of my learnings, you know, um, as I've watched the the craft brewing industry and coming into it as a passionate advocate for, you know, debating passionately what craft meant and things like that, and Burley was a brewing uh, company that came in and didn't want to play in that really niche avant-garde area they were um, a business and for you know the early part of my career writing about it they weren't that interesting for that reason but as the industry has grown up around them they haven't changed they're still doing what they always did and in that sense they are far more relevant as a model for what small brewers who want to grow should be doing than you know anyone who's out there doing the most exotic, esoteric beers to cater to the now, um, thinking that, that this is how the industry is always going to be. Um, and and I, I need to be a little bit careful because I, you know, I was a, a judge on that, but he was just a really mm. impressive young man. Mm-hmm. And I was really, hat tip to you, um, <laughs> a, an article that was essentially about him was about the industry. Um, and training and how that Absolutely. award and that recognition for him goes into a much bigger um, business mindset around training and staff development Absolutely. so uh, was-
1: um, but Mark, if Burley decided to go, avant-garde, as you say. If they they, wanted to bring out a small batch beer. If they wanted to go wild, if they wanted to copy a bit of Omnipolo or something like that. (laughs) Well,
0: we'll listen to you.
1: I know, right? Um, What would they do? They'd need to change their cans. It would be madness. Well,
0: they've only got one beer in cans. Because a lot of their beer is still in bottles. Mm. But if they did want a short run of cans, um, I would absolutely be calling to mind uh, <laughs> Rallings Labels Packers and Stick and is suggesting they call one three hundred eight five two two three five 852 235 to discuss how that small batch, you know, because, I, and I was down there when I recorded the podcast, mm. and that brewery is groaning. There's not no, no room for a <laughs> machine to put these shrink wrap labels on mm. um, because they're flat out getting tanks in there but the greatest thing is they don't need room because it's they come pre-shrunk.
1: They come pre-shrunk. Rallings, Rallings look oh, after it. They Rallings. deliver it to you
0: as you need, and then you just get them out and you do what you do That's and it. do what you do well. So if you would like to find out more, um, contact Rallings Labels Stickers and Packaging on 1300 852 235 to discuss further.
1: I think Pete would be proud of us. Number one that we remembered because <laughs> we usually don't when it's just me and you. Um, okay. Ooh. This was a yeah n-
0: n- interesting story. Um, yeah. Hill Farmstead founder in Sh- in Endures ISO for New Zealand hop selection. Um, this was a story that was pitched by our uh, one one of our New Zealand journalists um, Denise Garland, Sean Hill brewer and founder of world renowned US brewery Farm. Yeah, uh, Hill Farmstead is considered so crucial to a New Zealand hop development program that he has been allowed through. Aotearoa's um, good one. It doesn't roll, yeah. So <laughs> you, you have to stop and think because it's not <laughs> uh, uh, borders for the country's hop harvest. He is in the country to work with the Happy uh, Brewing Success Program, a seven-year primary growth partnership project between Ministry of Primary Industries, Garage Project, and Freestyle Farms Hop Farm which aims to develop a thriving international hop industry through a sustainable supply of premium hops, precision farming and processing methods and direct-to-market uh, channels. Um, interesting, again, the, the the fact that Hill Farmstead, which is one of the um, ticker's delights, you know, the, the beer ticker's delights, it's, you know, um, one of those really niche, highly desired, small...
1: I always think it's got, like, Wildflower or Van Diemen vibes to it, you think?
0: I'd, well, see, I'd actually put it because uh, Sean Hill has mm. a bit of a cult leader mm. presence, you know. And
1: um, they're on a, a little, full on, a little far. Very strong in the opinions. <laughs>
0: um, you know, my way is the right way. Or, or mm. I'm going to do it my, my way and I don't care what the rest of the world thinks about me, which mm. is great. And it's, you know, like, and, and you need to respect that. Yep. And some of that came through in the article where he was pretty. Um,
1: well, he uh, wasn't. Nice.
0: He wasn't balanced um, in his mm. discussion of the New Zealand and the Australian hop industries. Um, he wasn't nuanced. Um, we'll put it that way. <laughs> That's um, a very
1: diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah.
0: And, and you know, look.
1: This is just his opinion. Go read the. It, it, mm. It's
0: his opinion, and it's created a bit of interest, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> in both the Australian and the New Zealand hop industries. Who. It, it you know it's fair to say don't agree with his opinions and think that they're a little bit unfair and uh, look I, that's where i think the judgments that he's made um, are a little bit unfair and they're not particularly nuanced and all of these discussions are very you know should be nuanced because mm-hmm. his approach to making beer works if you are a little brewer who wants to make a you know small batch on your own hut you know and you, you don't want to send beer around the world you, you you want to express highly individualized, um, you know, hop characters um, and things like that. Wonderful, but when you look at the illicit trade in his beers, um, what you, do you mean? Oh, well, people like that's why he's a ticket's delight. You know.
1: Oh, okay. I,
0: I, I think I don't think that he sells his beers very very widely. You know, it's one of those places you come to me um uh, is one of them. yeah i'm not okay, so okay. so again like yeah, yeah. his business model is idiosyncratic um it, you can admire it you can admire his passion um you know you can admire um you know the way that he's currently sticking to his guns um but it's not a business model that is reflective of a whole lot of other breweries that do want wider distri- dis- distribution and his approach wouldn't work for them mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that hop growers and hop distrib- you know, and hop logistics chains have grown up around to service brewers who have a different approach to him. Um, so, yeah, and that's where the nuance is. Um, and, you know, again, it was an article submitted by a, a very fine, awarded journalist. Um, <laughs> it's fair to say that the things that were expressed in that article conflicted with, you know, what, as publishers... Would align with our commercial interests, you know. <laughs> um, yes, because true. again, you know, like we, we've got commercial partnerships with the people that he was taking aim at, mm. um, and who probably would have preferred these things not to have go, gone in. Mm-hmm. But there, there, there is this, mm-hmm. you know, this point of view, whilst most directly, you know, most clearly expressed through the things that he said. You know, there are a range of brewers who do talk about selections and you know versus mm-hmm. batching and things like this, and you know it's a discussion that needs to be had. Yep. So yeah, like <laughs> it was one of those hard yeah. articles to press, you know, because it mm. hurts us as, as a you know um, as, a, as a publishing company. But
1: but it is important. I agree. oh, it's, it's absolutely. The,
0: these are the important conversations that have to be said, yeah. um, and
1: and to be aware that there's this multiplicity of view that not everybody's always on the same page about that. And what can you learn from them? What can you take from them as constructive criticism, potentially? Or just of being aware of the fact that somebody thinks that about you, like yeah, well, or your uh, product, uh, or whatever the case may be.
0: And as I always say, look, you know, like, that's the thing, like I embrace the things that I see online, you know, jokingly, you know, often supportingly and things like that about us and waffle and things like that, because... <laughs> You can dismiss it, or you can go, Well, look, you know, how much is it? You know, how much am I not hearing if this is what's being said? And, you know, having a personality like Sean Hill who is willing to say these things when you know that these things are being said and generally prefaced by, Don't quote me on this, um, it's a conversation that the industry needs to have, um, you know, good or bad. That's it. Um, now okay so, so that was that go read that um, mm-hmm. and needless to say we'll be hearing more about that one extra I just want to throw in um, it wasn't really a story it was a media release um, mm-hmm. but it was Asahi Beverages overhauls uh, oh, yeah. supply chain to source barley direct from Aussie Farmers Um some of Australia's most loved beers will be... Down I'm reading the media release Oof. here. This has yep. not been this changed. This is not from us. This is not us. These I are didn't are not it. our words. <laughs> Some of Australia's most loved beers will be brewed using barley purchased directly from Aussie farmers for the first time in decades with the first batch of beers to roll off the lines next month. The new supply chain will give Asahi Beverages, which owns Carlton United Breweries, clear oversight of the barley growing process to ensure only the best barley is used to brew beers such as VB, Victoria Bitter, Carlton Draft, Great Northern and Pure Blonde. Another New Deal, barley purchased... Um, Direct from farm growers will travel from farms to our brewers in Yadala, Queensland or Abbotsford, Victoria before before being shipped um, out across Australia as beer. The New Deal uh, also showcases Aussie farmers' commitment to producing high quality and sustainably grown barley. Yeah, so, I mean, again, without having dug into it, I think, again, looking at barley was bought by larger malting companies, um, blended to quality specifications, malted and then sold in on batch to brewers, this is obviously part of a provenance play. Now, we have seen it before. Um, oh, God, about 10 years ago, eight years ago, mm-hmm. when VB was struggling for relevance, they went back to being an all-malt premium beer um, and also identified the farmers that they were buying their barley from and Andrew Wiedemann who is now chairman of uh, Grain Producers Australia was one of the growers that they went from very much about the premium play the, the, the reason I wanted to put this into the news is I'm wondering actually whether someone from Asahi Australia listens to the podcast because mm. remember last week we were talking about you know when um, you know there was I can't remember which story but readers were teeing off well oh, you know it's fine when your profits go overseas and in the in the you know, in the nuanced argument column, I said, "Well, yeah, the profits go overseas, but then Australia's biggest brewers um, tend to, you know, source almost all of their um, ingredients from Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want floor mal- malted English um, barley. They don't want German hops for, for for their beers." um and they make it you know it's a little bit more nuanced than just where does a profit go Mm -hmm. um and i'm so wondering whether this was hey Ah, there no i I, I don't (laughs) think it was Uh, but it was just interesting that 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 came out um Mm. as a as a line but certainly one that we would like to uh look a little bit more deeply in because there is um quite a bit to that story
1: awesome aiba entries
0: now this this is sponsored content, just so we don't sort of uh, put this out um, as, as news. But the Australian International Beer Awards are coming up in May. I can't believe that. Like it's That's
1: so fast. So, so fast, fast
0: um, and are shaping up to be an exciting four days for the highly skilled judging panel. It is fantastic to have an industry award program like the AIBA taking place here in Australia, and it is incredible to think that this is the largest annual beer competition in the world, assessing both draft and package beer. Entries for the AIBA close on Friday. March 26th. Um, So all the brewers who have not yet entered, make sure you enter your beers and reap the rewards that come with the unparalleled opportunity to benchmark them against the industry standards, gain independent advice, and take your beer and brewery to the next level and possibly bring home a medal or a coveted trophy. Or more importantly, get feedback from Australia's best beer palettes. Um, Link in the show notes if you are there. But yes, um, the awards are on... And I mean, let, let, let's face it, the, the awards are awesome. All the things that, you know, the, the scripted part of that said. But the awards night um, and being there and having your beers recognised in the biggest coming together of the Australian beer industry, um, you know, that's got it. you know, to me, that's the, the value as well. And, and, and you know, potentially getting a trophy in front of your peers. So, yes, um, AIBA entries, get on it. Awesome. Um, That was sponsored content. That was
1: sponsored. Everyone knows that railings are sponsored, as seamless as it, as yeah, seamless as no it is. <laughs> <laughs> just, just because, yeah. Um, put that caveat on anything else.
0: Claire, thank oh. you. Thank you very much.
1: Or did you want to do mailbag first and then below the fold? Because uh, you know we're going to end up going below the fold with the mailbag stuff this week.
0: Well, that's and, and that's <laughs> the thing. So I was just doing a quick scan. There were some discussions that that should follow on. So all I was right. going to cut out the mailer bag yeah, and, okay. and, and put it in below the fold. Um, so yeah, Claire, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Pete, lift your game for next week, or <laughs> you know, oh sorry, NBN, lift your game for next week. We have missed you, even though we've moved this along at quite. I a think cracking, we've done all right, Done reasonably actually, yeah. well. Um, and yes, all thank you. If if you just tune in for the news and not the waffle, um, <laughs> uh, Not a little bit of waffle, not the, the, the bit of, <laughs>
1: just a touch. Not too much. It hurts. I thought, oh no, me, it me th- Anyway, well. now sure. we're
0: waffling. Thank Sorry. you, uh, <laughs> and yes, um, you can join us for further discussion uh, in below the fold, which will follow after the uh, our outro music. <laughs> um, or you can join us in the podcast um, uh, Facebook group. Um, that you know, really, really good discussion. Um, uh, you know, like th- this week just highlights how good that um, group is, variety of opinions, respectfully made and respectfully received. Um, so you can join us there, Soapbox, if you can't remember that, um, just sort of say listen to the podcast um, and uh, yeah, join in. But otherwise, we will be back next week with more Brews Newsweek. And we're
1: back. Yay. <laughs> um,
0: anything out of the news that you wanted to go a little bit further in?
1: There's a few people chatting about some news articles in the mailbag, so do you want me to read them out and then we can discuss? How about that? Shane Westmore on Brews News Facebook page, RE, the BrewDog ANZ expansion plans. Shane says, Yeah, I know why this crowdsourcing equity thing hasn't been embraced by locals. It's because BrewDog assumed that they can jump in front of all the Australian independent brewers by coming and trying to take away the years of hard work that indies have done to build up the industry. They're trying to muscle out on the competition and are no better than the big brewers. It reminds me of Starbucks, assuming that they could come into Australia and suddenly dominate by combating the already established culture. It's not that easy, such a shame, since they make some pretty decent beers. I think that's a bit harsh, eh? oh, I didn't. Well, comparing them no, Okay, they're not as bad as... No, look, as, bad as Starbucks? I don't know.
0: Actually, I think that this is a really, really fair um, observation. So, Shane, uh, as, as with everything, if you haven't previously received a barblade, please, uh, if you hear us uh, name check you, email us at producer at brewsnews.com.au with your postal address so we can get a barblade out to you. Um, And that goes for anyone whose uh, emails we read out. Um, I actually think that this really nicely sums up the challenge with this this story. Um, Brewdog, really pioneering craft brewers, um, really turned that hype into... Will invest in hype making rather than advertising because we can't compete with the big brewers on their their ads, and we'll get people talking about us. But in parallel with that, they have really strongly focused on quality, on beers, on relevance, and all of those things. You know, so mm-hmm. on a, on a business, to their credit, they've managed to leverage off that in the crowdfunding stakes, um, particularly early on. But that's where the further away you get from those core things of what the brewing industry can and should be, um, you, you, you start getting into people who aren't as invested and aren't as true believers are going to start asking questions about exactly what it is that they, they're doing, what they're bringing. And you on know, one level, the, the, the equity crowdfunding, if you look at... If I was an institutional investor or if I was a sophisticated investor wanting to come in and, you know, drop the million dollars that, um, you know, actually they've only raised $700,000, we'll round up by the time this podcast comes out, um, you know, or, you know, a significant portion of what they wanted to raise, you would be getting your investment at a, such a better rate than the equity punks um, are getting. in yeah. um, that's fine if you are just a beer club. Um, that gives you a little bit... But they do pitch it as an investment. Um, in all of the media statements that they've um, raised as, a, as, a, as they've come out, they've talked about, um, you know, the first you know, round of equity crowdfunders made a 1,000% return on their investment. Everyone else is going to, you know, if, if there was an IPO, they would be getting a fraction of what they're investing um, based on the... The value that oh, BrewDog yeah, would get. Definitely. There is so much we work in BrewDog. Um, you know, they're a brewing company and a hospitality company. They make beer, but I you know, when you look at how many bars that they've got, you know, you wonder how what percentage of their output goes through their own venues. Um, so they're a pubco in in, in the English vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a hospitality company. You know, they're getting into that. They've created an ecosystem to to spend money at. But globally, in terms of the profit that they're making, they're on par with Coopers. Um, and Coopers isn't a multi-billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're more relevant than Coopers. That gives them a higher growth perspective than Coopers. But, you know, yeah. So wh- wh- when you, you bring it...
1: It's a bit unfair to say they're trying to take away all the hard work that Indy's... Why? Well, no,
0: because they are in it. like Like, that, that's the thing. Like, they started in India and they've been very, very smart. And that's mm-hmm. why I gave that very long preamble. But when you land them in the Australian context, they don't bring anything... And and this is where I criticise the Queensland government more than I criticise Mm. BrewDog. Because you've got the Queensland government you know, who's gotten into a bidding war with another state government and wants to get you here? Oh, You're yeah. going to take the money. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Fair enough. You know, that, that's. But is that the that s- was or the government's fault?
0: Well, well, you know, because the it,
1: government have decided that. I
0: actually think that that's hurt Brewdog's narrative in Australia. Mm. I, I wonder oh, whether Brewdog I would be regretting it now. I think so, um, because you know, for 800 grand, the the Queensland the 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 thing that you get from Ed is that Brewdog, you know. The money is nice. The money helps. The money, you know, is a lever that they can, you know, invest in in, in the business. But it is as much about the community mm-hmm. that they're buying. A, you know, he, he made it more about the community, whereas I think the money, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the <laughs> money the money helps. When you look at they've raised how much they've raised mm. globally, but it is an engagement, a very important engagement tool that brings people into the, the into the ecosystem. And when you look at comments like Shane's. In Australia, I think that money that they've got from the Queensland government may have actually hurt them oh, yeah. because, oh, well, you know, they're getting money from the government, they don't need my money. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, you know, they're you know, why isn't the government helping other things? And it looks like they've come in and, 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 and shouldered out rather than building a brand that they then more yeah. quietly. Um, and I
1: think that is part of it because they did come in a little bit like with, even with their venue in Brisbane, and everyone made fun of them for having fire <laughs> pits and stuff. It's it's a little bit of lack of knowledge about the market that you're going into. Perhaps is that would you, would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, but that's. I don't and, think uh, I think they're more of bull in a china um, shop, really. Then, well, and, and
0: a, when it comes yeah, to yeah, stuff like like that. The, the, we'll, we'll call this episode Mia Culper, I think because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no one like you know. We, we express opinions on, on this podcast mm. and sometimes they conflict. But we're also very open to revisiting our opinions um, because mm-hmm. hopefully we're intellectually flexible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, you know, I made a, I, I made a lot of fun of Brewdog, um, you know, coming in and, you know, having fire pits and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and I think deservedly so. Mm. so Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, may, maybe That's not right. me a couple. I, th- I think that was a very relevant and, you know, appropriate comment to be made and the, the the lack of shade you know they've got fire pits and no shade and all of these sorts of things for an outdoor dining event but BrewDog is a company that learns very quickly mm-hmm. and they, they do apply those 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 lessons yep. um, and the, the people on the ground uh, seem to be empowered to um, you know do that so mm-hmm. I would hate to criticize anybody for trying and I'm highly finger quoting this failing or, you know, getting it wrong or misstepping mm-hmm. because ultimately that's what entrepreneurism and, tri- you yeah. know, trialing and failing and, you know, pivoting and changing and, you know.
1: And I think just the fact that they've done it on a bit more of a public platform than a small brewer would do it, <laughs> that hasn't helped them. Mm.
0: Um, well, funnily enough, like well, we were going to have a podcast, we were going Looking at how we can sort of cover it, it was two or three years ago, and I've actually got a logo for it. Plans and Pivots was a podcast that we wanted to do where we went back and revisited breweries two years after they opened. Oh, cool. Um, to sort of do that learning podcast. Um, unfortunately, COVID, you couldn't call something Pivots without <laughs> people being so sick of pivoting. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we've had the Pivots bejeezed um, out of it. But and all yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but again, like you, you, every business opens. Um, and changes, you know... The plan changes. You and, have and, and, to adapt fact, to whatever... In fact, some of the, the interviews I did in preparation hmm. for that, I interviewed uh, the lieutenant Com- colonel who was the commanding officer of the combat training regiment of the Australian Army because it was a really interesting oh, uh, chat because okay. I wanted to take it because... There was a, there a whole lot of famous military quotes, and I think it was Schlieffen. you know, no plan survives contact with the enemy. <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, um, Dwight Eisenhower, you know, adapted that, to that. I don't believe in plans, but I believe in planning. Um, and, you know, really, and so I, I, that was the thing. You know, every brewery needs a plan, but the day, you know, your enemy is the market. And when you open, it's the people who come in that you need to be responding to when you go back and revisit your plan. You know, if your plan's not meeting the people who are actually coming in, you need to change. And that was where the plans and pivots... Came out, and you know, so the commanding officer of the Australian Army seemed to be, you know, how do, how does the army do this? You know, like you go in, and suddenly, whoops, you know, the <laughs> enemy's got a plan as well. Yeah, yeah, we need to change. That's how true. do you do that? So, um, you now I, I didn't trademark this, but you know, done. I, yeah. <laughs> if, if a podcast comes out sort of looking at this, we're going to know. Us. Yeah. That was us. Um, but yeah, and, and and so that's what's fascinating. So, I don't want to criticize Brewdog okay. for doing that, and if you know, if they open you know, in, in another place, I'm sure that they will have had that that, that learning.
1: Exactly, that's the thing.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that was – God, that, actually, that was some good – Some good waffle. Fold, uh, it was great waffle, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Who else have we got? Um, oh, Barry Cranston, the Facebook group, um, about the colonial sponsorship. Says, um, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth in all respects. Money wins over quality. And, I mean, we touched well, on that, didn't we? No, there? well – uh, yeah but, i mean About qu- the money qu- winning quality is a yeah. very
0: you know, it, what what do you mean by quality yeah because yeah, yeah. again the, the beers I was incredibly disappointed um to go to <laughs> to go to the corners club um, when I was flying to uh, <laughs> <still francy>. <laughs> uh, Well, no anyway, everyone's a member of the corners club um <laughs> but um it was i was really disappointed that you know having previously been to the virgin Lounge, you know that they at least had you know like pirate life or four pines or you know mm. craft beer on. Maybe it's a sign of the times, reduced capacities, want a higher turnover. Um, But, you know, the most interesting beer, for want of a better term, was Furfy. No craft beer. Commercial deal. But I think. It, it, it's interesting. There's very much a two-way street on this. Um, I, I wouldn't say quality because beers no, aren't bad. No, I
1: agree. I'd say the Diversity. money wins. Diversity. Yeah, well, yeah but it,
0: and the money does win, but mm. it's business um, yes, at the end of the day. it is. And in, interesting thing, next Monday night, th- this upcoming Monday night, I'd been asked to pull together a selection of Queensland brewers in a small number and far too limited a number for the number of brewers that there are to go to Parliament House um, and oh, cool. um, meet some members of parliament. You know, g- given that I'm a dissenting voice, or uh, often a dissenting <laughs> voice, um, to Queensland politicians. Are, yeah. um, but but uh, but actually, In again, a good way, yeah. well, but, but full credit to them. They're not going well. You you know criticize. So we're going block our legislation. So you're out. It's well, you, know, you bringing together a bunch of people. Um, we, we talked about the podcast a year ago, um, Queensland Parliament. Um, Chris Whiting, MP, um, really championed, um, you know, with Curtis Pitt, who was the procurement, who I think the Speaker of the Parliament, getting Queensland craft beers on the Parliament House menu because we need to be showcasing. Mm-hmm. We do that for Queensland grown produce and things like that. And in addition to Forex made in Queensland, Queensland craft beers. So I said to the Parliament House Catering, oh, look, you know, um, what what beers have you got on from the craft beer list currently? And, you know, they said, well, actually, um, we've had oh. to scale those back. Um, oh, we do okay. have right. a, a small selection of Queensland craft beers. I think it was eight Queensland craft oh, beers. Okay. Had to scale it back Why because they, they weren't being ordered. Um, oh. And so we had to have, you know, highly discounted, you know, promotion things because – the, the date codes on beers, yes. we had to turn them over.
1: Interesting.
0: And to me, that really, really highlights the problem, um, a, a whole lot of problems, but you've, you've got somebody that is actively, consciously supporting small brewers... But at the end of the day, they can't sell out-of-code code beer. Yeah. They've got budgets. You know, <laughs> if, yeah, yeah. If, if they can't
1: force people to buy it. They're
0: going to have the career mail you know, looking, you know, why are you dumping all of this beer? Why mm. are you giving, you know, expensive oh, craft beer? The career mail would
1: like, love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And they would sort of, you know, there would be, it would be parliamentary for the estimates for them. and things like that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, the beer's not turning over because mm. the members aren't drinking, you know, it, when they go to the pub. They don't drink the beers themselves, obviously, yeah. or they don't drink craft beer themselves, obviously. So, yes, yeah, so on Monday night, um, and it, you know, like we're, we're sponsoring it, we're paying for, for the food and things like that. Um, I hope it's not conflict as Bruce News paying <laughs> make, making the payment, but we're mm-hmm. actually paying for the food um, in, in together with Chris Whiting who and and a couple of other members of Parliament. Um, but yeah, and and that highlights the problem. So it's not a sponsored deal; it's a business deal. Um, because Parliament House needs to run at a profit, um, but that was a really powerful way of highlighting. You know, if the Qantas Club isn't turning over beers because there's not the demand, um, and this is where craft brewers need to be saying, you know, if you're going to complain about the lack of diversity of beers on tap, you know, at their football or whatever, part of it is is these are uh, businesses that were very hurt by COVID themselves. You know, mm-hmm. the football clubs really struggled during oh, yeah. COVID. The money is going to help them. Um, but then there's the, the the flip side. Brewers need to be supporting. They're creating the demand for it mm-hmm. because at the end, if there is demand, if people are going up and going, well, haven't you got anything more interesting than yeah. this, that's going to hurt the businesses longer term as well. And yeah. it also says a lot about the businesses that they've you – look, you're not a very contemporary business because you're not supporting yeah. these great independent brewers.
1: Yeah. And I think part of – from a business perspective as well – this sort of return to the comfortable, what you know, what you know is going to sell, what you a company that you know will probably give you a good deal on your rebate or whatever the case may be. The comfort of that, I don't think you can overestimate in a post-COVID world when we just got dealt a shit hand and it creates so much uncertainty. So they'll go back to what they know. Craft beer is uh, out, not out there, but it's a gamble for some of these places.
0: When you look at, the, the mainstream media stories of how much this hurt, you know, sporting clubs that rely on gate revenues and things like that, um, you know, cut them some slack this year, you know, or for yeah. this current cycle and, yeah. and maybe that is, you know, the, one of the untold stories Ooh. of this profile because they need the money and if, you know, if they're making commercial decisions, um, a lot of breweries have made comm- – you know, a lot of small breweries yeah. have made commercial decisions – um, out of it as well um, yeah. and, and one of the, I'm not sure if it's in the bu- in, in, in the chat but there was the interesting discussion I shared that discussion around Stone um, mm. as I, you know, I can hear everyone ticking <laughs> their bingo cards um, but it, it wasn't interesting because Pete and I had a bit of fun at Stone's expense when we were having their Mexican lager as you do um, yes. when we were there a couple of uh, two years ago mm-hmm. um, and, and I did, wasn't having a go at them um, for having a commercial lager when I shared that article it was mm. a really interesting business decision the fun that I've had at Stone's expense has been at Greg Cook's expense because you, you've heard the podcasts, you know, the twenty Greg 2011 versus oh, yes. Greg 2018. Oh, yes. Um, the point that I was making is the business is maturing. And and mm-hmm. incidentally, that's why, you know, the, the mea culpa element of, you know, you need to acknowledge when you got it wrong and when the narrative has changed and when the industry has grown around you. And that thing that I said that I believed in and and was true to some extent in my reality, then has changed. Stone, you know, um, that that podcast um, was predicated on Greg Cook tweeting. Um, I'd engage with him on Twitter about, he would had, had this term, insidious creep, where, you know, this is what you believe in, and then you gradually start watering it down, and it's insidious creep. You mm-hmm. know, gradually, suddenly you're, you're mainstream. Yeah. And he said that at a time when, you know, and I said, well, is that a little bit like sending your beers halfway around the world for them to sit on a bottle shop shelf for 12 months? Um, and he would, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, uh-huh. I kind of do. I've got um, photographic in, in, evidence. In, in, in this case, <laughs> I do. And so that was where we had the chat. And mm. he did everything he could not to acknowledge that the business had moved on, they needed different markets and, you know, he, he tried to defend the logistics. Logistics is better. No, it's not. It's there's we've got more pull through. Mm-hmm. Clearly you don't. Um, you know, the retailers are better. We're pulling it off. You know, all of these things that he justified in that twenty eleven mm-hmm. were his refusal to acknowledge that his narrative was cha- had had been changed. Mm-hmm. Um and but yet he was calling other people out in a way that was really, really unfair because every business goes through yeah, what's well, his own
1: fault for putting his head above the parapet? You're gonna get shot if that's the well, case.
0: But that's his see. That's his <laughs> personal narrative, you know. And and that mm. was you know, and that was why I said, um, apparently we were worthy because arrogant bastard was a bit. They had we're <laughs> not worthy. You know, sorry, you're not worthy. Um, essentially, and issuing a challenge that you need to be up. You need to be a better drinker to drink our beers. Great marketing slogan. a Lot of, and they called it arrogant bastard and all of these things. So it was a really good thing. But that's great when yeah. the beers that you are making are a challenge to people. Mm-hmm. When, when, when you're looking, you know, when, when your CEO is saying, "Well, we've got this Mexican lager," because that allows us to talk to a whole lot of people mm-hmm. that don't want to be challenged. Then maybe your narrative needs to change a little bit as well.
1: And I don't think they'd get away with arrogant bastard now. Like if they released it right now, I think it's it's not in keeping with. It would be the a little general bit tone feeling. Deaf, yeah. It would. It would. It would be completely tone deaf, and everyone would be like, oh "God."
0: But it was also what it was the mindset, and it was the challenge, and it was mm. the throwdown, and it was the you know this is what craft beer is about that created the industry that we have now. But the industry's grown. Yeah. Um, and you know the the narrative needs to change with it. Um, Agreed. So, Agreed.
1: Mm. um, what else have we got?
0: Daniel Ridd um oh, in the Facebook group. Packs? Yeah, look, at th- actually, th- th- this is one. I mean, Daniel says it all. Um, what's the feeling regarding minimum purchase packs? There has been endless discussion online. So. Probably won't do it here. There's been some really good points of view online. They have referenced other really good points of view and linked to it. Um, Not promoting our Facebook group um, specifically, but you can go in. Daniel essentially asks, um, he had a family member who wants to try, who aren't craft beer people, but do enjoy trying. They went into a pub, uh, into a bottle shop and were told, no, you can't buy singles of craft beer. You have to buy a four-pack. And this is one of those things a little bit like children in brew pubs mm-hmm. yeah you know, all of these things i don't think that there is any right or wrong answer based on where you you know where you come in the spectrum um you know if if you're a retailer you're going to have a point of view if you're a consumer you're going to have a point of view there's no right or wrong answer depending on what your per- personal approach um is from mm-hmm. but um, jump in the the discussion go see daniel's point and all of the discussion and it was it was one of two or three discussions um in the, that made me I don't know whether I'm uh, permitted to have a paternal pride, but we've created this very <laughs> nice discussion group there that, as I said, is respectful.
1: It's a safe space. Mm. Oh, oh safe yeah.
0: Space. I, I mean, I, I don't, it, it's just respectful. Um, replies are respectful, points of view are respectful. Um, they acknowledge that, you know, opinions are inherently arguments. Um, that, you know, that there is going to be a, you know, if you believe something, someone's going to have a point of view. Therefore, your opinion is inherently an argument. But let's respect each other and yep. issue the things that shape our, argument you know, and, and put out the things that shape our argument. So, yeah, that was a great one.
1: Cool. Um, well, I had loads of stuff. Additionally, but uh, I it's think been we've, a nice hour. <laughs> well, the gone, the only <laughs> thing
0: I will say is it was another um, article, the, the free tastings, uh, mm, pursuit of happiness. Michael yeah. Donaldson's website in New Zealand again, um, very New Zealand based, but we will share the things that are um, relevant over here, um, yeah, such yeah. as this one. Um, again, because we're not competitors, but it was an interesting one. There was a bar owner who – now, I, I think some people thought it was designed to talk about tasting paddles, mm-hmm. not tasters, where it was essentially a bar owner saying, you know, if you go in and go, "Oh, I haven't tried that before, can I have a little sip of that to see whether I like it? Yeah, um, like just a little – almost tasting, like a shot glass yeah, type thing. A little thing. shot glass, yeah, yeah. which is one of the things that I've always celebrated about craft beer – but this bar owner was saying it went into ticker culture. You know, people were then having a sip of it and pontificating on untapped and things like that. And, yeah, look, I'm going to be the first one who's at the front of that line going, yeah, that is shitty behaviour. <laughs> that
1: is shitty behaviour.
0: But, but, you know, I also thought, well, yeah, if, if 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 that's the worst part of it, you know, and Pete and I have, when we do the exhibition stand... We have the flogs that come up. They <laughs> just one. you know, they think they've put one over you, yeah, where yeah. they sort of go, "Oh, can I try that?" And you give them a little sip. They go, "Oh, I'll try that one. Try that one." And you know, they they pretend that they're really savoring it yeah, to yeah. form an opinion. They're thinking
1: about buying one. Well, Five samples, sure. later, they yeah, go, yeah. Mm,
0: "Mate, I'll, I'm not thirsty now." Yeah. Of course, you're not bloody thirsty. You've just <laughs> had, you know, a liter <laughs> of tasters. Um, I'll, I'll come back later, mate. Yeah, yeah. You don't need. Like I don't care. Look, you know, if Whatever. if if yeah. Yeah. You're always going to have those.
1: Yeah, that's just standard. That's like working in hospital. You're the going to get broader,
0: like the, the broader good that tasters do the industry are worth tolerating those flogs. It's mm. worth tolerating the flogs who then go and on the basis of a 15 mil sample, you know, think Absolutely. that that entitles them to have a strong view on untapped. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the untapped universe is. It's oh, an I shared interesting something else. one. Yeah. So I go, so I go, do that. So I just <laughs> wanted to because again, it was one of those ones that. So good to have mm. industry professionals, people who aren't industry professionals but think deeply about beer, all exchanging points of view yeah. in, in in the Facebook group. So yeah, I don't want to be thinking that that's. It's just I, I get so much from the discussions that that take place there. Um, so yeah,
1: cool. Right. Well, I think. We're and thank you to all yeah. the people
0: that have fed back. Um, uh you know who who have given us feedback on the above the fold below the fold and understood what we meant by below the fold so i think um we'll we'll stick with it um at at least for now so thank you to everyone that has taken the time to email discuss be part of share uh, share things um uh with this this week because it certainly you know we get so much from this experience um and hopefully you know you do too and um Cool. We do need to thank Crafty Merch um, ah. for the beautiful um, blades that uh, are going out, the dog bone blades. so uh, series two of our barblades. If you have emailed and already have one of our first ones, we don't want you missing out um, when there is new merch. So if we do mention you um, in the mailbag um, or name check you uh, for a contribution you've made, please unprompted say, hey, where's my barblade? Um, because mm-hmm. we... We don't take that offence. We know how bad we are administratively. (laughs) Um, But apart from that, Claire, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. And I'm going to thank Pete for not turning up because we had a nice little chat.
1: Thank you, Matt. My pleasure. Thanks for for that. Thanks for turning up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I won't dig Pete too much. No. Just a little bit. I
0: flew back for this.
1: (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, and uh, we will be... Listen to the John Stallwood podcast again. It's a slightly different, really nice. Um, it's a equal parts oral history, and wait for next week's podcast. Um, not wanting to tease it too much. Sat down with Russ Russ Gosling, who I've met but never really chatted with. He's the head brewer at Little Creatures WA. Oh, cool. Um, but he's you'll love it. He oh, is. Yes? Uh, um, I'm trying to th- remember where he's from um lovely um English accent. Um, Is he
1: a southerner or northerner?
0: I think mid
1: <laughs> Oh, okay, we'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um to me he sounded northern. Um mm, and nice. and I can't remember um where it was from. I mean I can't remember the beer that um but he brewed in a lot of old English pubs, but he still got the lovely <gasps> Love but he just spoke in that, you know, almost unmodulated, like just this constant if he re- if he did um audiobook um <laughs> readings you would just—it would be Chased meditation. Down. It would just be again. And so, like, I'd, I, I, I sort of, as I was listening, I was going, I can't describe this as soporific or because so, the yeah, content—it was just such beautiful yeah. content. Um, but we talk about hops, we talk about beer, we talk about. Um, I ask him, "When did you dumb down little creatures?" You know, the the, the <laughs> question that you always say, "You know, when did lion kill little creatures?" Um, and we confronted that one, and he talked about it just in this. Very even tone, this beautiful lilt. Um, would you call it a lilt? Would yeah, I'd call it a lilt. a lilt. He's from.
1: I imagine he's from like Birmingham or the Midlands or Midland, something uh, like I that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'll have a listen. You were going to face palm when you hit, oh, you no. Learn your geography <laughs> um, if, if I've got it wrong. Um, oh. But it was just beautiful. Um, but then the content that we talk about, again, it's another long one. It's about an hour um, and I could have kept going because we talk about hops, modern beer styles. There was a whole lot of stuff that we'd, um, uh, that I'd want, wish I'd caught that we talked about off mic that I'd love to have got on but it, it, it's an hour that, yeah, little creatures, um, it, yeah, um, Russ Gosling so look out for it next Tuesday night but apart from that, cool. thank you. God, that's real blow They've got six minutes to do Oof. the outro <laughs> to, to finish and thank everybody and, uh <laughs> Yes, yeah, so thank you everybody who uh, makes this show possible. Um, we couldn't, we literally could not cram any more support into this podcast. Um, <laughs> so the AOBA, Railings, Labels, packa- uh, Stickers and Packaging, um, merch. Thirsty Merch, and Crime Malt. Love
1: that.
0: And we'll be back next week.
1: Do you remember Pete's sign off? I can't remember. Oh,
0: uh, but that's Pete's sign off. Yeah, we should um, have known yeah, I Thank you. Thank you thank all. Thank you all. And we're out. Boom. No, that was... do no. like that
1: one? Why? Ooh. Oh, no, you're no. just jealous because you can't do a good one. That's no. why I'm
0: at. I'm going to leave it for feedback from the audience. <laughs> Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at BruiseNews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.